I'm going to go through the Sikha. I'm reading through it as the Sikha goes, but I'm going to be speaking mostly outside. In a few places, I'm going to tell you to look inside at something. It's the Sikha from Parshas Vayishlach, Chelek Tesvav, the third Sikha in Vayishlach, in connection to Yutes Kisle. So it starts off with a Pasuk, a Sugya in this week's Parsha. Vayivaser Yaakov Levadoi. Yaakov was left alone. This is a very esoteric section of the Parsha. It's a little bit odd. It's unclear what exactly is going on. Yaakov being left alone. And the Rebbe quotes two explanations. On this idea that Yaakov was left alone, what was he doing alone? The first one is from the Gemara. And this Gemara is also what Rashi brings in his Perush and Pshat on the Pasuk. That the Gemara says that the reason why Yaakov was alone is because Nishtayer al-Pachim Ktanim. He stayed behind or he returned for Pachim Ktanim, for small jars that were left alone, that were left there. In other words, he had brought over all of his family and all of his suitcases and everything else. He crossed them over the river Yabek, and all that was left was these Pachim Ktanim, and he returned for those Pachim Ktanim. Why those Pachim Ktanim were left behind? So Rashi says he forgot them. That's a different Sicha which discusses the Rashi and the details of the Rashi and there are shiurim you could... And there's an interesting explanation over here as well that Rashi, that the that the the Balitesvis say that it says Vayivaser Yaakov Levadoi he remained alone al tikri levadoi don't read the word levadoi alone sometimes you could darshan certain things in the Torah with this drasha of al tikri don't read the word levadoi rather read it lechadoi he stayed behind lechadoi for his kadim for his bottles he remained behind in order to get his bottles that's the one explanation the second explanation that the Rebbe quotes over here is an explanation that says in the Medrash, that it says, with regard to the Ebishter, it says in the Pasuk, V'niskov Hashem levadoi b'ayoyimahu, that Hashem will be elevated alone on that day. What does it mean Hashem will be elevated alone? What's the word alone coming to connote? He's high, he's that he's completely exalted from everything else. Af Yaakov Yaakov Levada Yaakov too remained alone. What does it mean that he remained alone? According to this, exalted from everything else. Any time you have different explanations on a pasuk, there has to be some type of relationship between them because the different explanations are not Yankel says this and Shmuel says that. The different explanations on the pasuk are different kavim, different ways to appreciate that are coming from the same essence. Just like in a person, he has different parts of himself. 
but the different parts inside of a person, thank you. The different parts inside of a person need to be coming from the same essence, even if one part is happy and one part is sad, one part is elevated and one part is low, they need to be coming from the same essence. The same is true when you have different explanations on one pasuk. So if we have over here two different explanations, there needs to be some relationship, some connection between these two explanations. But as usual, the Rebbe at first glance is going to tell us that seemingly these are two opposite explanations. Because according to the first explanation, the explanation that it says in the Gemara, Yaakov Avinu remained lekadai, he remained behind for his jugs. That means he remained behind for something insignificant and small. And according to the second explanation, levadai is connoting a high level which is completely separated from everything else. So these two explanations seem to be two opposites. How do we draw a relationship between them? So in order to explain this, the Rebbe is going to take us on a journey that's connected to Yutis Kislev. First, drawing a relationship between the general concept of Yutis Kislev and Gilui Teiras HaChsidis, the revelation of the teachings of Chsidis, to these two explanations which we just said, and then taking us on a journey in the general idea of what Yutas Kislev is about, Hafatas Hamayanis Chutzah. First, the, the concept of Yutas Kislev being the time when Teres Achsidis was Niskala. As far as that's concerned, we have two different reasons that are discussed in Chsidis. Why? Chassidus was revealed when it was. In other words, as explained at length, and it's important for anyone and everyone to try to put it on their to-do list. The sicha that the Rebbe said, Yitas Kislev Tavshin Chavav, I think. The sicha which is called on the essence of Chassidus. It was the first sikh actually which was translated into English and the English translation was even edited by the Rebbe and the sikh was edited by the Rebbe as one of the first sikhs to be edited by the Rebbe that was published for people to learn. So both in the Yiddish and in the English and there's the book on the essence of Chassidus that anyone can learn. The Rebbe even edited the title of that book. But as explained at length over there, Chassidus is not just explanations in Torah, but it's an entirely new dimension of Torah. There's Pshat, there's Remez, there's Drush, there's Said, and there's Chassidus. And these five lev- levels correspond to the five levels of the Neshama, the Neshama, the, the Nefesh, Ruach, Neshama, the Chaya, and the Yechida. Chassidus corresponding to the level of Yechida. Which means that Chsidis, which we know, Chsidis, which we're familiar with, is something which is, it, it, it was unveiled, it was brought to us at a very specific time. And the time is when the Baal Shem Tev was Megalatarisa Chsidis. And that was then continued in an ifen of Chabad, of intellect, by the Alter Rebbe. 
And specifically, when was there the strengthening of this revelation of Teresach Siddis? Noch Peterberg, after Yutas Kislev, after the Fidik Rebbe was freed from prison. And in that revelation of Teresach Siddis, Siddis itself gives us two reasons why it occurred when it did. One reason for the revelation of Teresach Siddis is because people were very deflated at that time. On a historical note, it came after Shabzai Tzvi, which was something that really pulled the chayos out of the Yidin. At, it, it completely it caused such a destruction and a confusion um, in, the, in, in the Jewish nation that caused a tremendous deflation amongst Yidin. And uh, there were also the Xeris of Tachvetat, of the Cossacks, which caused the physical destruction amongst the Yidin. So spiritually and physically, the Yidin were completely empty and low. So Chassidus came to lift them up. There was such a great darkness and that great darkness continues until the Dara, the Ikvasa, the Mashiach, in our generation, when there's this extreme darkness. And Chsidis and the continuation of the revelation of Chsidis through the other Rabbi, of the Alter Rabbi, the Mittler Rabbi, the Tzamach Tzedek, the, 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 Rabbi Marash, the Rabbi Rashab, the Fidik Rabbi, and the Rabbi Chsidis, which was revealed to us in this succession, and the continued revelation of it was in order to battle this increasing darkness that we've been facing over all of these generations. That's one reason why Chsidis was revealed at the time that it was. And then there's a different reason why Chsidis was revealed at the time that it was. It says in the writings of the Arizal, and this is something which is also brought down in Halacha, in the Magen Avram, and in the Alter Rebbe Shulchan Aruch, the Baal HaGeula V'asimcha of Yutzkislev. So it's brought down in Halacha as well, that Erev Shabbos after Chatzos, you taste the foods of Shabbos. Toyameha Chayim Zochel. Those who taste it merit life. And the same is true also in the scheme of time, we are now in a period of Erev Shabbos after Chatzais. We know that the world, Shish Alfei Shin Havei Alma, the world has 6,000 years and then the seventh millennium is the era of Mashiach. So we're now in the sixth millennium after Chatzais. After Chatzais. Which means that it's a time of we're able to taste the revelation of the seventh millennium. We're able to already feel, we're able to already absorb the energy of Mashiach. And the energy of Mashiach is chassidus. Mashiach is not a gigantic bag of potato chips. Mashiach is not Sushi, unlimited sushi or ice cream or anything like that. Mashiach is chsidis. 
So the reason why we're experiencing Mashiach Chassidus now is because we're already tasting the taste of that which is going to be revealed when Mashiach comes. That's the second explanation. These two explanations correspond to the two ideas that we said earlier. Because one explanation is speaking about the revelation which is coming because of how low we are. And the other explanation is speaking about the revelation which is coming because of how high we are. It's because of how low we are in order to uplift us, and because of how high we are, because of how close we are to the Geula, to Mashiach, that we're already getting the um, uh, rays of Mashiach that are filtering backwards, so to speak, into our current period of exile. So just like with regards to the earlier explanation, we need to understand how does the low and the high, the um, uh, jugs, the insignificant jugs, and the elevation beyond everything go together, we have to understand that also with regard to the revelation of Mashiach. Now we're holding by Ois Gimel, the third chapter of this Sikha. So the Rebbe explains. It's known that Yutas Kislev began Yafutsu Meinasecha Chutza in the most powerful sense. We all know that Mashiach once had an, that um, uh, the Balshamtiv one time had an Aliyah Sanishama, his soul rose up on high. And when his soul was on high, he met Mashiach. And he said to Mashiach, When are you coming already? What's taking so long? And Mashiach responded, When your wealth springs um, spread out. When they're spread out, Yafutsu means spread, Chutzo, to the outside, when your wealth springs spread out, that's when I'm going to come. And this started, when did the wellsprings of the Baal Shem Tev start actually spreading out with the teachings of Chassidus Chabad that the Alter Rebbe began, Nach Peterberg, after Yutes Kislev. And in this idea you have two elements. You have the Hafatza, the spreading out of the Mayanois, the wellsprings, that means the essence of the, the teachings of the Baal Shem Tev themselves, in a way that they should be able to reach into the chutzah, into the outside. And if you look at these words, Yafutsu, Mayanasacha, chutzah, you, you recognize inside of these words that no, it, it doesn't mean that the mayanos, the wellsprings, are having an effect on the outside. Which practically is something that without a question occurs. If you're going to have wellsprings that are feeding an oasis in the desert, it's not just the immediate area of those wellsprings which are going to be impacted by this water. It's 
the whole surrounding area, there's going to be a huge oasis, all because in the middle of it, there are wellsprings. But over there, the wellsprings are not spreading out to the entire oasis. The wellsprings are in the middle of the oasis, but because of them, there's an effect on the outside. And you see this with the teachings of Chassidus as well. With regard to the teachings of Chassidus, you see practically in a very real way that the teachings of Chassidus had an effect on the thinking of all Yidin. All Yidin were affected by the filtered down teachings of Chassidus. But that's not what Yafutsu Mayanasaka Chutsa means. Means that the wellsprings alone will be outside. It's not enough that we should learn Chsidis here in Taimchit Mimim. And because of this, we're going to affect all from Yidin and even um, uh, not from Yidin. The, there's going to be a, 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 a ripple effect that's going to reach beyond us because we're learning Chsidis here. That's not Yafutsu Minasacha Chutz. So that's not going to bring Mashiach. To bring Mashiach, you need that the wellsprings themselves should reach outside. That in mere yeshiva, they should be learning chsidis. In panavich yeshiva, they should be learning chsidis. And even in in, in non-from seminaries or whatever they may be, they should be learning chsidis over there as well. That chsidis, the wellsprings of chsidis should be everywhere themselves. That's Yafutsu Menesach Chutza. And furthermore, the Mayanis have to be found over there in a way that Yafutsu, they're spreading out. In other words, it's not just a drop, a trickle that's there, but that they're there with their full energy, their full power. And they're effective in their full power. Now the Rebbe is going to take us, like I mentioned earlier, on a journey. And the Rebbe is going to be analyzing, in a beautiful way, this concept of Yefutsu Meinasaka Chutza on many dimensions. And the truth is that if you stop and think about it on your own, you'll be able to even take these ideas that the Rebbe is saying in the Sikha on many dimensions and spread it out to even more. You'll be able to apply it in even more ways. Let's take a look. So the Rebbe says that the first place where we need to begin is in the concept of Torah. Everything starts from Torah. So we need to see this concept of Yafutsu Mayanasacha Chutza in Torah as well. How do we see this concept of Yefutsu Menasacha Chutza and Torah? What's Chutza of Torah? What's the outside of Torah? Nigla. Nigla is the outside of Torah. Because that's the revealed. The Pshat is the outside of Torah. The outside is the beginning level, the surface level, so to speak. The Pshat of Torah, which the Pshat of Torah itself is is wider than the world and deeper than the ocean, but the pshat of Torah, that is the chutzah, the outside of Torah. So what does yafutsu mayanasacha chutzah mean? 
it means that the essence of Torah, the pnimius of Torah, the secrets of Torah, the inner dimension of Torah needs to spread out so that it's affecting the nigla, the revealed parts of Torah. How does that occur? So in each of these levels, the Rebbe is going to tell us what's the novelty that was accomplished in this concept of Yefutsa, specifically after Yutas Kislev, after the, Re- the Alter Rebbe started to teach in a um, Shufi, in an abundant way, the teachings of Tayyus Chsidis Chabad. Before the Alter Rebbe began to teach Tayyus Chsidis Chabad, there was also then a connection, obviously, between the revealed element of Torah and the inner dimension of Torah. The Rebbe says that even then, it's obvious that there were scholars of Pneumius Torah, of the secrets of Torah, and those scholars were affected by their studying the inner dimension of Torah to the point that when they studied the revealed parts of Torah, it was with that type of energy that you can see that this isn't just a scholar who's, who's studying Nigla, he's a scholar who is um, well-versed in the inner dimension of Torah as well. You could see that in their writings, in their teachings, in everything that they do. However, it's not that Nigla de Torah and Pneumius Torah became one. It's, it was still two different elements. There's Pshat and there's Nistar. There's the inner dimension of Torah. These tzaddikim, these holy Jews, they studied the inner dimension of Torah and that affected their thinking, it colored their glasses and the way they looked at everything and therefore their study in the pshat was also different, but not that their study in pshat was according to the secrets of Pneumis Torah. And that's the chiddush of the Alter Rebbe. When the Alter Rebbe came along, the Alter Rebbe combined Nigla and Pneumius in a way that they became one. When you learn the Alter Rebbe Shulchan Aruch, when you learn the Kuntirus Achren of the Alter Rebbe, if you know how to learn it, not I, but the person who understands, who appreciates it, is able to see in the words of the Alter Rebbe, Alpi Pshat, how it's one and it's completely unified. There's Sichis of the Rebbe, which explained this as well, how it's completely unified with Pneumis And it's not just in the teachings of the Alter Rebbe, but through Chesidus Chabad, this is something which affected everything. All the learning that we do, that all of our learning, even our learning Gemara, is a learning Gemara with Bayachasid. And that was the objective of the Rebbe Shab when the Rebbe Shab opened Temchet Mimim wasn't to add another Seder to the day. That in Mir Yeshiva they have um, uh, just davening and learning Gemara and a little bit of Halacha and maybe a drop of Musar. And by us, we add to that, we also have a Seder Chesidus. That wasn't Alter Rebbe's 
the Rebbe Shab's objective in Taim The Rebbe Shab's objective in Taim is that when Atamim learns Gemara, his learning of Gemara should be different. His learning of Gemara should be a Tomim's approach to learning Gemara, a approach to learning Gemara. In other words, that the Gemara, that the Pnimis Atar and the Nigla Atar become one. And you see that in the Sichas of the Rebbe. This is why the Sichas of the Rebbe are so Geshmak, because the Rebbe, our Rebbe, the seventh generation, brought that into great revelation in all aspects of Torah. The Sichas, which discuss so many different dimensions, so many different parts of Torah, of Halacha, of Rashi, of, of, of Gemara, of so many different things. And in each Sicha, what the Rebbe does is, the Rebbe shows us how the understanding of the Pshat is enhanced and transformed and uplifted through the appreciation of the Chassidus. The Nigla and the Pnimius become one. So that's the first level. The second level is a Yid. A yid is connected. Um, so just the chiddush that they're making is that before chiddush they're coming from both, but now you kind of walk from the shot to the. Before Chassidus, you learn both, but it's like the, the oasis that I said earlier that the outskirts of the oasis are affected by the fact that there's wellsprings in the middle. What the Alter Rebbe did was the Alter Rebbe brought the wellsprings out to the outskirts in a way that they're spreading out in the outskirts. In other words, that the learning of Gemara, the learning of the Nigla, the learning of the Pshat itself is with the energy, the life, the the perspective that Chassidus adds to it. For practical examples, again, I point you to on the essence of Chassidus. In Yana Shalteris which is actually one of the prizes for the Smiths, right? Um, so that's that's the first level. The second level that the Rebbe discusses is Yidin. Yisrael miskashra'on be'ayraisa. Yidin are connected to Torah. In other words, that which occurs in Torah occurs inside of a Yid too. So if in Torah you have this achdos, this unity that's being accomplished between the inner dimension of Torah and the outer levels of Torah, the same is true inside of a Yid. That there becomes a unity between his inner dimension and his externality. What's the externality of a Yid? His guf, his gashmias, his physicality, his potato chips. <coughs> Making all the rest of us hungry. Uh, am I being too loud? <laughs> so the, the there's the. I'm almost out. Don't worry. <laughs> Baruch Hashem. The, is, make sure you don't fall in. <laughs> my mother was reading my kids a book yet last night. I when I fell into my kiddush cup. But uh, uh, that bag you could take a fall into. Um, <laughs> So, the where were we holding? There, yeah, so there's the chitzainius of ayid, the guf of ayid, the gashmius of ayid. What? And then there's the pnimis of ayid. What's the pnimis of ayid? His neshama. His neshama. So there's the neshama and the guf, the sasim and the galia. What? 
Yeah, yeah, but we'll, we'll discuss that too. But So the Rebbe says it's true that even before the Alter Rebbe, again, we're going to see contrast before and after. Before the Alter Rebbe, it's true that also Yidin had a connection to their Pneumis, to their Neshama. Before the Alter Rebbe, Yidin also had Emuna. Yidin also were able to transcend intellect sometimes. But the way that it was then was that, again, they were two separate entities. You have a Yid who is in an Amuna state, and the Yid in his Amuna state knows that Abishter is one, and that Einoid Milvade, nothing else exists besides for Abishter, and that's it. There's God and nothing else. That's a Yid when he is living in his elevated state. And then you have a Yid in his Seichel state. And that's Seichel. Like the famous story of the Chassid of the Alter Rebbe that was doing an accounting of his business and he wrote on the bottom line Einoid Milvadeh. One plus two minus seven plus eight. Yeah, Ezra, you make the, 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 the profits and the, 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 the costs and everything else. And what's on the bottom? Einoid Milvadeh. What's Einoid Milvadeh? So his partner, who wasn't a Chassid, turned to him and said, what are you writing Einoid Milvadeh over there? There's business and there's godliness. In business, you got to make a profit. In godliness, you got to... Make a profit. What? <laughs> you you, you got to, whatever, transcend the, transcend the world. But in business, you have to be able to enter into the Hagbalas of the world. So that Chassid answered and he said, listen, if in Shemina Asri I could think about my business, then in business I could think about my Eibishter. Um But that's a separate response. The truth, the panemius of this response is that this is the effect of the Alter Rebbe. That the Alter Rebbe accomplished that our seichel and our, in other words, our intellect, our chitzenius, our nigla and our neshama are one. In other words, and this is something again, you're able to see it practically. The Alter Rebbe made things which earlier was, that's neshama language. That has no business in the business, right? That's neshama language. The Alter Rebbe made it something which you're able to translate and understand and appreciate in business, really, practically. Because all of us who are not great maskilim, are not great oivdim, are not great... This I shouldn't say... Just me. I'm not a great chassid. You guys are great chassidim and you inspire me, really. I'm not being facetious. But I'm not such a great chassid. And yet I'm able to understand chassidus. And I'm able to appreciate chassidus. And I'm able to, to, to recognize chassidus in my life. To feel chassidus in my day-to-day life. I'm able to apply it to my relationships to my interactions with others, and so on and so forth. How can I do that? Because the Alter Rebbe took something which is pnimius, which is a muna, which is outside of the world, and he brought it down and unified it together with the nigla, the externality, in a way that each of us can have that appreciation of both at once. 
that's your futsu minasacha chutzah by yid. So we discussed it by Torah, we discussed it by a yid. Now we're going to go to a new level. How did it differ from the Baal Shem Tov's approach to also see Hashem and everything? The Baal, it, it's not differing from the Baal Shem Tov's approach because the Baal Shem Tov is the source of it. One analogy that it says with regard to this is that the Baal Shem Tov revealed a tremendous beauty. And the Alter Rebbe built the ladder for us to be able to ascend to see it. So it's enough for now. <coughs> so, so um, back then they used to, was like, there's people that are like, when, before Chassidus, you reach like, in, in Milvada, so you, you, you sit in Shul, and you reach Einad Milvada, and you're excited by it, and you're uh, I'm, uh, I- I- enthusiastic about it, and everything else. And then you go out into the world. There are certain Yidin, uh, the holy Yidin, from Yidin. They wear a yarmulke inside. Outside, they don't. Because there's the world, there's the world, and there's the inside. The inside is holy and good, and then there's the chitzenius. The whole concept, a Chabad Chassid has difficulty understanding something like that. Why? Because by a Chabad Chassid, the inside and the outside are supposed to be one. His dormitory room is not different than the base Madrash. The Wall Street is not different than Sussex Avenue. They're all the same. They all need to be combined as one. That's, okay, next, next point. The, the next point is that this is also true amongst Yidin. And amongst Yidin, we're not bringing out the point over here, even though it's mentioned later in the, in the Ara. But I told you earlier that you could go and apply this in more ways as well. Think about these ideas and develop them further. But the next point that we bring out is the way that it is amongst the leaders of the Yidin and the simple Yidin. The Tzadikim, the Gedolim, the Rashi Alfe Yisrael, those who are elevated from the rest of the world, they're the Rosh, the Moyach, the Pnimius of Klal Yisrael. They're like the Mayon. They're like the wellspring of Klal Yisrael. The way that it used to be, and again, we're contrasting the before and the after. The way that it used to be before is that these tzaddikim, they went and secluded themselves. There's a famous story with the Rebbe Hashab that once visited a certain town. And in that town, there was a parush. This parush, he became known as the klotz. The reason why he became known as the Klotz is because he sat his whole life in a closed room with a, with Svarim and he sat on a block of wood, not a comfortable chair, a block of wood, and he would chuckle back and forth so that his he, he became, he, he, uh, there was an impression of him on this block of wood. Mm-hmm. And therefore, he, they called them the cloths, the block of wood, because of... And the Rebbe Shab asked to see the room where he sat. 
there was like a little mailbox over there in the room where they would pass him bread and water every day to eat and to drink and whatever else he needed. And that's how he lived. And the Rebbe Hashab came into the room and looked around. And the Rebbe Hashab turned to his son, the Fidik Rebbe, and he said, he said that this parish, he lived like a mensch. This is a, a, a mensch. A mensch is someone who, he lives with his neshama. He, this is the way tzaddikim used to be. A tzaddik, he went and he did his thing. He separated himself from the rest of the world because by connecting to the world, he's going to distract himself and lower himself. So he separated himself from the rest of the world and was involved in his Torah, in his divine service, and separated from everyone else. That's the way it used to be before. So although, of course, just like we said earlier, there was an effect of the pnimius on the chitzenius, on the of the inner dimension, on the outer dimension. The fact that tzaddikim existed and they were learning inside of their studies, that had an effect on all yidin, and all yidin were were drawn in by it and were um, uplifted by it. But it was a distant effect. It wasn't that the mayanis themselves reached outside. And this changed. This changed with the advent of Chassidus Chabad. This changed with the spreading out of the teachings of Chassidus. That from Yutes Kislev on, the G'dayli Yisrael no longer separated themselves, but they themselves went out into the Chutzah, like the Baal Shem Tev did, who went around to all Yidin, and as we know from story after story of the Baal Shem Tev, especially the stories which were shared to us by the Friedrich Rebbe, how he would reach the simple Yidin and he would, he, he would um, talk to them in their language, he would talk to them directly. Uh, the parish, he wouldn't look at anyone else. Just looking at someone else would, so to speak, lower him, would pull him down. The Baal Shem Tev, the Baal Shem Tev went and traveled to the place of the Yidin, wherever they were. And he spoke to them in with stories, with ideas that they could relate to. He didn't stand over there and teach a mimer which was over their heads, he talked to them in a way that they would be able to appreciate. In other words, the mayanos themselves, the mayanos themselves reached the chutzah and affected the chutzah. It changed the chutzah. It transformed the chutzah. And the Rebbe says, Nachmer, furthermore, since the mayanos have to penetrate every single point, every single detail of the chutzah, it's understood that this includes also that the G'dayli Yisrael didn't just talk to Yidin about Yiddishkeit, they talked to Yidin also about their physical needs 
How are you feeling? How are you feeling, Yonasan? You're feeling better? Yeah. How are you feeling? How's your food? How's your bed? How's your pillow? How's your parnasa? How's your livelihood? They got involved in these things as well. You know the story of the rabbi that uh, he went to a new town and they asked him to try out to speak over there. So he got up and he was going to give a speech. And the Gabbai says, I just want to tell you, it's probably better not to speak about Shabbos because there are many Yidin over here that don't keep Shabbos. So he says, okay, I won't speak about Shabbos. Mm-hmm. And he says, and it's probably better also not to speak about Kashrus because there are many Jews over here that unfortunately eat in non-kosher restaurants. So he said, okay, so I won't speak about Kashrus. And he says, and it's probably better also not to speak about Tyrus uh, HaMeshpacha. Unfortunately, there are many Jews over here who are not careful with these things, with the halachists. Um, uh, so he says, okay, I won't speak about that also, but tell me, what should I speak about? So the Gabi says, I don't know, speak about Judaism. <laughs> <laughs> so what the what HaMayanis accomplished was that the Gashmias of Ayid became Ruchnias. The Gashmias of Ayid became suffused with the Mayanis themselves, the, the, the wellsprings themselves. So that's the third level which the Rebbe is going to, which the Rebbe explained. Now the Rebbe is going to explain also um, with regard to the world. That with regard to the world, this is true as well. The Rebbe says, it's known. The word Eilam comes from the language of Helem. What does Helem mean? Concealment. The whole concept of the world is that the world hides godliness. That's what a world is. If you were able to see godliness, then you wouldn't have the accomplishment of the creation of the worlds. You would see godliness, and all you would see is godliness. The whole objective of the world is that the world conceals godliness. And that's why, for the creation of the world, Bereshis bara Elekim, you need the shame Elekim. And Elekim has the same numerical value, the same gematria as the word Hateva, nature. Because when you look at the world, the world is a world which is governed by nature. However, if you properly reflect and contemplate on the nature of the world, you're able to come to a conclusion that yesh manig libirazu, there's a director. There's someone who's controlling what's going on. It's not a wilde Welt. It's not a wild world. It's a world which is being directed by Abishter. That's what you're able to appreciate through proper contemplation of the world. Now, even though there is the revelation of Shem Havaya, the name of Yud Kevavke in the world as well, the name Havaya is the Mayanus, the name Alekim is the Chutza, even though there really is the revelation of Shem Havaya in the world as well, nevertheless, that's something which used to occur, again, there's the before and after, 
the same before and after? It used to occur only in like a exceptional occurrence, which was called a miracle. That's like when a person sees something which completely breaks nature, the normal events, then he's able to see, wow, there's an Abishter up there. Look at this miracle which is occurring. The sea is splitting. The frogs are swarming the Egyptians and not the Yidin, and so on and so forth. He's able to see that there's a miracle which is occurring, and that miracle shows him that there's an Abishter in the world. But the miracle is a miracle which, first of all, is only occasional. And then the miracle recedes back to its place, Shem Havaya, Pnimius, Concealment, Nistar, and what's revealed again is nature. You're back to nature, you're back to regular day-to-day life, you're back to your standard experience. And not only that, the miracle, when it occurs, what the miracle is doing is breaking nature. That's the definition of a miracle. A miracle destroys nature. It breaks nature. What's the miracle doing? It's breaking nature. So that's what occurs when there's a miracle is nature is broken temporarily. You're able to appreciate and recognize shame havaya momentarily, and then it recedes back to its place, and you're back to chitzenius. So the same problem. It's true that the pnimius has an effect on the chitzenius, but the pnimius and the chitzenius are still two very different elements, and they're still two separated elements. And that changed after. That was transformed after with the revelation of Chassidus Chabad, with Yutes Kislev. Then Ayid lives in a miraculous state. Look, look at the world around you again. Look at Dar Hashvi, where you see the full fulfillment of this. <laughs> the Rebbe took thousands of chassidim, chassidim who never learned English or Spanish for that matter, or any other language. They didn't learn any secular studies. They never went to business school. They never went to fundraising school. They never went to outreach school. Well, they went to and they, re- they went to Tem that was it. And in Tem what did they learn? They learned Havaya. And the Rebbe said, go out and conquer the world. And they did. They did. They conquered the world in a way that nobody else, it, 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 it makes other people grind their teeth in jealousy. Excuse me for saying that. But it's the truth. It's the reality. That everybody else wonders how do they do this? How, how how do you do it? I remember when I was in Yeshiva, Marish Yeshiva asked me, because he knew it's connected to Chabad, whatever. He asked me you know, that um, something, I don't remember exactly what the, the, the ACS were, but he says, you know, probably by, 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 by the Lubavitch Yeshivas, they have courses in outreach. Yeah, right? Yeah. 
That's Avram Blanco teaches the outreach class. Um, before Mincha, the clap of the bima. Um, how 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 does this happen? How do we conquer the world like this? How are we able to accomplish this? Because the Rebbe, through the Chassidus of the Alter Rebbe, which the which was revealed after Yutas Kislev, the Rebbe brought all Chassidim to live in a constant miraculous state, and that is the way that Chassidim always lived, each in their generation and in their Aveda. And if you're living in a miraculous state, then you're able to be inside of the world, you go to a city, and you don't um, make like a little um, ha- a little cabin, a little den inside of that city where you're going to sit on a block of wood and imprint um, uh, yourself into that block of wood from shuckling back and forth. But you make a Chabad house, which is spreading out to the whole city, and that every Yid in the city knows that there is Chabad. And he knows that there, this is something where inside of the Teva, inside of the nature, it's not that you're going and doing your thing in a miraculous place, in a miraculous way. You're doing your thing in a way that your miracle is affecting the whole city, is conquering the city. Everybody is infused and suffused with the energy of Chabad, of the Shliach, of the place, etc. As we see and hear again and again. Right? It's true. Yeah? You're affected by Chabad. Where are you from? Well, I'm from Houston. Houston. And how did you come here? By a plane. <laughs> <laughs> how did you come to Yeshiva? Uh, the, to be in Yeshiva? Uh, my rabbi, uh, he recommended me to the Yeshiva. Who's your rabbi? Levi Shmikler of the Chabad Bay area. And how did you meet him? My parents moved me to Texas. Okay. I started going to Shul. <laughs> no, so you see, here you are, you're moving to Texas. It's, what's Texas? Texas is a place where everything is bigger and better, and uh, there's a lot of uh, gunslinging people and so on and so forth. I'm in. <laughs> <laughs> um, and, and what did you find over there? You found Tera. You found Yiddishkeit. You found godliness. How does that happen? That's the supernatural entering and permeating the nature to, effect, to, to the point that it affects everyone, wherever they are, whatever they're doing, it reaches them, it, it, it fills them, so that Havaya and Alekim, super na- nature, supernatural, miraculous, and nature are all the same. Good? So we explained this on four levels. What were the four levels? Torah, Neshama, Torah, Neshama. What? Um, the, amongst the Jewish people, Rebbe and Chassid. We'll put it that way. Rebbe and Chassid and Velt, the world. Good? Four levels? Clear? Okay. So now the Rebbe is going to read this also into a letter that the Alter Rebbe wrote in connection to Yotis Kislev. So there's a famous letter, a Bavustin brief, a famous letter which the Alter Rebbe wrote, that the Geula of Yotis Kislev was, in a way, that Hifli Hashem 
Vehigdil Lasis Ba'aretz. Those are the words that the Alter Rebbe uses to describe the redemption of Yutes Kislev. Hifli Hashem Vehigdil Lasis Ba'aretz. What's Hifli Vehigdil? So the Rebbe says that in the way that the Abishta conducts the world, there are in general two, two types of conduct. There is a natural conduct, as we spoke earlier. The natural conduct is that you see the laws of nature playing out and you don't see God's hand directing the laws of nature. You don't see how God is breathing the energy and the life into nature. That's one way. And then there's a second way. The second way is Hashkacha Pratis. What's Hashkacha Pratis? Hashkacha Pratis means that you see clearly and evidently that nature is something which the Eibishter is directing. You see the puppeteer pulling the strings. That's the second way. That's the concept of Hashkacha Pratis. So, there's still nature there, but you see the puppeteer pulling the strings. And that's in general the Hanhaga of Shem Havaya, not Elikim, but Havaya. And in this, the Rebbe says there's three possibilities. There's one possibility which is Katnus. Katnus means that the Hashkacha Pratis is not affecting nature at all. Nature is still doing what it does. But you're seeing that you got a flat tire, and because you got a flat tire, therefore you um, happened to meet someone, and this person connected you to the job that was able to earn you your livelihood and help you support your family with Torah and mitzvahs. Ashkacha Pratis. Did anything supernatural occur? Nothing supernatural occurred. But... Well, no, the, someone who doesn't think that's Ashkacha person would say it's Klaus, Ashkacha Klaus. Not for now. So, 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 but, so there, it's completely inside of Darke Atava. That's way number one. There's a second way. That's not Katnus, that's Gadlus. What's Gadlus? Higdil. What's the concept of Gadlus? Gadlus means that something great is occurring. Something unusual. Something which is clearly greater than nature. But even when something occurs which is greater than nature, it doesn't mean that the nature no longer exists. It means that it's something which is tangible that naturally this should not have occurred. Naturally this person should not have gotten better. This um, uh, this uh, profit should not have been earned, etc., etc. Naturally, these things should not have occurred. So there's something which is occurring which is greater than nature. But even in the greater than nature, the nature still is playing a part. That means it's not like nature is moving off to the side and now there's just a miraculous conduct. Nature is still there, but this is um, bulging, so to speak inside of nature so that you're able to see it within the nature. It's stretching the limits of nature. Clear? What? We'll see. We'll see in a moment. And the third thing is, in Hanukkah you have different 
aspects of it. The third thing is a conduct which is in a way of hifli. Hifli is not just higdil, hifli is completely wondrous. That which is completely wondrous means it's completely outside of nature. When the Alter Rebbe said hifli vehigdil, that means that in the Geul of Yutes Kislev, the Abishter stretched the limits of nature, higdil, but he didn't just stretch the limits of nature, hifli, he completely um, uh, surpassed, he completely went above nature. And the Rebbe says that these three types of conduct that we said in the concept of Hashkacha Pratis correspond to three types of miracles. The first type of miracle is a miracle which is completely clothed inside of nature. So what's the hikdin? What's the, the, the level of katan? That's the level of the miracle of Purim. <laughs> that's, that's what we're talking about over here. The, one of the most joyous, one of the greatest holidays in the year, the miracle of Purim. That's just hikdin. <laughs> okay? Just so you could appreciate what, what's going on over here. What? Everything happened for a reason. Everything was perfect. It it all worked out in a way that you were able to recognize that the Eibishter was directing it, the Eibishter was conducting it, but despite it all working out, it still was in a way that nature was never once broken. There was nothing that occurred that was supernatural. Then... The second level, that's a, a miracle clothed in nature. The second level is a miracle which isn't clothed in nature, a miracle which is a revealed miracle. What's a revealed miracle? A revealed miracle is something that is um, uh, is clearly stretching the boundaries of nature. According to the boundaries of nature, this should not occur. The Rebbe gives us an example when Yeshua conquered Yericho. So first there was a revealed miracle, the walls fell down, but just because the walls fell down, Yericho did not, the people of Yericho did not just subdue themselves to Yeshua and his army. Yeshua and his army had to conquer Yericho. They needed to enter and <coughs> conquer Yericho. There was a battle which was necessary. And this idea is something which is breaking the laws of nature, but it's not breaking the laws of nature in the way that nature is completely stepping aside, that we don't even pay attention to nature. Nature is still there, although its limits are being stretched. And the Rebbe says, that uh, brings us an example, a story. But one time there was a chassid that came to the Alter Rebbe that was sick, Leyaleinu. All of the doctors could not find anything to give him as a cure. And the Alter Rebbe said that he should eat a half a shmur matzah and drink water. And he's going to become healthy. Seemingly, <laughs> this is something which is self-contradictory. On the one hand, the Alter Rebbe is telling him to eat and drink something which is a physical activity. And this physical activity is something which has an effect on a person. A person is strengthened from the food that he eats and drinks. On the other hand, the Alter Rebbe is telling him to eat and drink matzah and water, which 
nutrients. <laughs> the, the no nutrients. There's no the, the, there's no medical properties in it. What's that all about? So the the, the Rebbe says that there's the miracle. But there's also the way that that miracle has an achiza in teva. And you see this in letters of the Rebbe. We read a letter last week where the person complained to the Rebbe that he was having trouble sleeping. So the Rebbe said, you're having trouble sleeping. So what should you do? Check your mezuzah, wear the talus cotton at night, make sure that you say Krishna Shalomita properly, um, uh, etc. And the, the Rebbe said, and in order that it should have an achiza and tava, so speak to the doctor, listen to what the doctor tells you, and then forget about the whole thing. <laughs> that was what, the, the, in other words, the Rebbe said, the solution to your problem is supernatural. But still, even though it's supernatural, it needs to have an achiza in teva. There needs to be a grasp hold in nature for it. That's the second type of miracle. But then there's a third type of miracle. The third type of miracle is, um, the Rebbe gives us an example, the miracle of Chizkiah, where Chizkiah conquered um, his enemies. Ani Yashan Almitasi. Chizkiah was sleeping on his bed and the enemy was conquered, the enemy was vanquished. That's a miracle where nature does not exist. You don't need an army, you don't need any fighting, you don't need any interaction in a negative way. It's Pada Bishalim Nafsi. Nothing else exists except for Abishter, except for Havaya, and the whole world ceases to exist. And in Ha'ara 47, the Rebbe brings down an amazing thing over here from um, uh, the Maimer Dibar Maschal Bebeilifnei HaMelech from Tafesh Nun Dalet. The Rebbe says, uh, quotes of that, it says over there in the Maimer, Ra'isi b'shem echod mehagadoylem. I saw in the name of a certain great person that somebody who's faced with an extreme difficulty, God forbid. Someone who's, ex- is, who's faced with a very big difficulty. What should he do? So in the Maimer, this is a Purim Maimer. The Maimer says, What does it mean to have bitachin? Listen to what the Rebbe says. Don't daven. Don't do anything like going to the mikvah or other similar things. Just have bitachin. Have bitachin in the Eibishter. This is the greatest level of bitl, the bitl of shtika, which you're learning about in the Maimer Amargla Bepumadarava. Right? Who's learning the Maimer? Okay. But this is what you should do. You have a tzara, what should you do? Have bitachin. What does it mean to have bitachin? Have bitachin means just have bitachin. Not to do any physical actions and not even to do any spiritual actions. Just have bitachin. That's the third level of miracle. This is a level which a chassid strives to achieve, which I mentioned to you earlier, living miraculously. You're living outside of the world. The world and the way that a chassid lives, they don't make any sense together. But, but, I'm sorry, just a second. But all of this 
is achieved in a way that the Azal Rebbe continues the letter, that Hifli Hashem This is achieved in a way where the Abishter caused that there is this Hifli, this complete wondrousness, this complete exit from anything natural, but in the world. That means a Chassid doesn't close himself off in the inner chambers of Taim Chitmim and the secret rooms over there in 770 that they don't take you to on the tours. Oh, wow. You go, shh, shh. And you, you go into those rooms and over there you're going to experience godliness and you'll sleep over there and eat over there and, 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 and live over there and th- that's it. The, 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 there's a base Chaim. That's not the way that a chassid lives. A chassid lives ba'aretz, inside of the world. In other words, the giloy of ar hachsidis, of yutas kislev, um, it affected not that there should be the havaya in a way that it's outside of the world. And, um, but in that the havaya should be something which is connected to the world and inside of the world. And the, the in note 48, in Ha'ar 48, the Rebbe brings the continuation of the Alter Rebbe's letter that Neskadol v'neskadish berabim u'befrat be'enei kol asorim v'amim that the Geula of Yutas Kislev was a Geula which everybody, the whole world, all Yidin and even the ministers, the Goyim of the land that imprisoned the Alter Rebbe recognized that me'eis Hashem that this is something that could have only come from the Hashem, from Havaya, from higher than the world. That even the Umma Sa'ilam were able to recognize that this is something which is Hifli. Even Ba'aretz, you're able to recognize the Hafli. This is what Chassidus Chabad is about. Chassidus Chabad is about bringing the highest heights, the Mayanis, in a way that those Mayanis themselves are in the chutzah everywhere and accessible to everyone and affecting everything. That's Chassidus Chabad. That's Yutas Kislev. Now in Ois Yud, the, the Rebbe continues over here. The Sicha continues and says it's known. How do you combine the inner dimension of Torah and the outer dimension of Torah? Until Yutas Kislev, as we mentioned, there were two parts of Torah. There were people who learned Chassidus. There were people who learned Pnimius. There were people who learned the secrets of Torah, Kabbalah. And it affected them. But when they learned Nigla, it was different. You can't paskin in Shulchan Aruch according to the secrets of the Arizal. There are two different worlds. There's the world of Kabbalah and the world of Halacha. And the two worlds don't, don't merge. They don't come together. How are you able to merge these two worlds? How are you able to bring the Pneumius and the Chitzenius together as one? And the answer is through Chassidus, which is etzem. 
the essence of Torah, on the essence. That's the title of the English book. It's the essence of Torah. Why? Because when you're revealing the essence, the essence is something which is everywhere. A good doctor, a really, 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 really good doctor can look at your fingernails and tell you what's wrong with your liver. Actually? Yeah, yeah. And other things as well. He could look at your eyes and tell you what's what's going on in your heart. And so on and so forth. Huh? Mm-hmm. You need to look at your eyes. The, the, why? Because the essence permeates everywhere. The essence is everywhere. And since the essence is everywhere, it's the same essence in the fingernails that it is in the heart, in the liver, in the brain. So you're able to look at the most external parts of the person and know what's going on in his innermost chambers, so to speak. When you have the essence of Torah, the essence of Torah is able to show you how the fingernails, I don't want to use such language, how the pshat of Torah and the pnimius of Torah, the Kabbalah of Torah, the secrets of Torah, are not two separate worlds. They're one world. Torah achasi. It's the same thing. And therefore, it's able to bring it together. The Rabbi brings an example in Halacha. And that is that Alpi Din, according to Halacha, um, Ha'imer, it, it's a Psak Din in Hilchus Tshuva of the Rambam, that someone who says that Torah doesn't come from Hashem is considered a Kaifer, he's considered someone who is rejecting the whole entire Torah. And it doesn't matter if He's saying that Chamisha Chumshe Torah doesn't come from Hashem, or he's saying that one part of Chamisha Chumshe Torah, one of the five books, doesn't come from Hashem, or he's saying that one of the parashiyas doesn't come from Hashem, or he's saying that one of the psukim doesn't come from Hashem, or he's saying that one of the words doesn't come from Hashem, or even one letter doesn't come from Hashem. If a person says that any part of Torah doesn't come from Hashem, He's been kaifer in the whole entire Torah. And not only that, even if he says, not a letter, but an explanation, Torah doesn't come from Hashem. He's also rejecting the whole entire Torah. Why? Because the essence permeates into every single detail. And if you're rejecting one minute detail, then you're rejecting the essence and you're rejecting everything. Because the essence is everything. That's what the Rebbe brings down. Then it continues in Aisyad Aleph. And it says it's the same thing by Ayyid. That we said earlier that through Yutis Kislev you have the Hisachtus, the unity between the Guf and the Neshama. How do you have the unity between the Guf and the Neshama? Because you're revealing <coughs> the Yechida. You're revealing the Etzem HaNeshama. You're revealing the essence of the Neshama. And since you're revealing the essence of the neshama, the yechida, therefore, this accomplishes that that yechida, it's the same yechida of 
the nefesh ruach neshama and the chaya, and it's the same yichida of the nefesh ha bahamis. It's the same yichida of the guf gashmi of the yid. Every part of the yid has the same yichida. Every part of you, even your fingernails, has the same yichida. And the same is true also in our service of Hashem. That our emuna and our Kabbalah all are permeated, are permeated with the same etzem, the same essence of the neshama. That means that it's not that we have emuna when we're davening. And then when we're out in the world, then we take off our yamuka and we have practical action, which we got to do. We need to make a keli, we need to make a shtadlus, we need to earn a living. But like we said earlier, we have bitachan, which surpasses everything. Our entire life, our entire reality, our entire truth is hey noid muvadai. Our entire existence is our munan, our bitachin. And this permeates us entirely. And it says in the brackets that the same is also true with regard to Yidin. That Yutes Kislev caused that Roshay Alpha Yisrael, a Rebbe, a Rebbe is something which is not elevated and uplifted and sitting on a throne um, aloof from the rest of the people, but that he's part and one with all of the Yidin. That the Rebbe, the Mayan, the, 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 the Tzadikim, the great leaders are standing over there giving out dollars to every single Jew that passes by. That every single Yid is connecting to him. Every single Yid is one with him. In note 54, it brings down a letter from the Friedrich Rebbe. That the Fidik Rebbe says in the name of his father, the Rebbe Rashab, that the Heskashrus of a Rebbe and a Chassid is higher than any type of connection that exists. It's higher than the connection between a father and a child. It's higher than the connection of essence and Hispashtus. It's higher than the connection of Ma'ar and Ar. It's higher than the connection of Hiyuli and Gila, Giloy. And it's higher than the connection of Ila and Alul and of Ayin and Yesh. And it includes all of them. Why? Because that's what the connection of a Rebbe and a Chassid is. It's not etzem v'hispastos. It's etzem and the expression of that etzem. The, 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 the etzem as that etzem is on every single level. As the Yidin are koima achas shlema. And as it brings down also in Ka'ara 55, that this is also why one of the fa- fundamentals, one of the foundations of Teres Chassidus is the idea of Achtos Yisrael, of unity amongst Yidin, because that Yidin should be one, is without that you can't have Chassidus. How are you supposed to have Chassidus? That's, that's what Chassidus is all about. Um, and the Rebbe continues and says, that similar to this you also have in the world, that as far as the world is concerned, so there's Gilui and Halim, there's revelation and concealment, and in revelation you see Abishter, and in concealment you can't see Abishter. 
There is Nais and Teva. Nais is revealing the Abishter, showing you the Abishter. And nature is concealing the Abishter. But when you're revealing the essence, then everywhere, even in the Helem, even in the concealment, in the Hastara, Shabbatoicha Hastara, as the famous song goes, that also over there, you're able to see Eibishter. Also over there, you have the unity and the oneness together with Eibishter because we're talking about the Gilu of the Etzim. And the Rebbe says in Ha'ar 56 that based on this, we're able to understand the connection to Mashiach because the whole point of Mashiach is Dira B'Tachtainim. That means that the Atzmas, the essence of the Eibishter, should be here in the world. That's Dira B'Tachtainim. That the etzim of Eibishter, the essence of Eibishter is in the world. And how do you have dear B'tachtenim? You have dear B'tachtenim through us doing the Aveda and all of these levels that we said, where the etzim, the atzmus, is nisgala, is revealed and seen in all of the details. In Eis Yud Beis, the Rebbe continues and says that the accomplishment of Yafutsume in Asecha Chutzah, that the essence should become one together with the chutzah, expresses itself also in the mayanis, um, that as the Friedrich Rebbe says, that the mayanis reach a place which by all, um, uh, by appearances, the way that it would seem, are not at all appropriate for these Mayanis. In other words, it's not just that the Mayanis are spreading out into beautiful places and pretty places and fun places and nice places. The Mayanis are reaching places that are not at all appropriate for these Mayanis. This that the Mayanis can reach into the Chutzah that it on its own is something which, okay, so the Mayanis are spreading out. That's not showing that it's an Giluya Etzem, that it's, it's bringing out the essence. But when the Mayanis reach a place which seemingly the Mayanis do not belong there, then the fact that the Mayanis are able to be in a place where they don't belong, it teaches. And this is also what we're learning in the Maimer and Chassidus in the morning of Mishatishka Achama from Tavshin Lamet Ches. That's showing you that the Tumma of the world itself also comes from Abishter. Klipa also is created from Abishter. Like the Maimer over there quotes the Gemara and Chulin that Einoid Mulvade, that even Kshafim, even black magic, also comes from the Abishter. And this is also the connection between the two ideas that we say that on the one hand, the reason why you have Chassidus being revealed now is because we're so low. And on the other hand, the reason why you have Chassidus being revealed now is because we're so close to the Geula. They're both saying the same thing. We're so close to the Geula. We're so close to Mashiach. Mashiach is a time when you're going to have the revelation of the etzem, of the essence of godliness, the essence of Torah. And therefore, it's able to reach us, even in in a place which is inappropriate, even when we're so low, even when we slip and we do our various and we do things which we're not supposed to do. Chassidus 
reaches us too. When it's no longer a time where you have three lives and you're out of the game, or two lives or one life. It's a time where you have unlimited lives. That even Paishi Yisrael Malay Mitzvah Karima, that every single Jew is connected to the Abister wherever he is, because you have the Gilea Atzim, and even in this place, Shayna Mukhsha, you have the the light shining over there also and the transformation of the darkness into light. And that's why we're able to taste the Torah of Mashiach, Erev Shabbos after Chatzais. When is Erev Shabbos after Chatzais? Now, Tavshim Pei Gimel, Pei Dalit. Was it? Yeah, yeah. Gimel was nice. Oh, it wasn't. It wasn't nice, and Dalit is even worse. Compared to that, it's the dark really? darkness. The darkness is just getting thicker and thicker and thicker. It's a lot better. It's the ikvis of the Mashiach. And that's when we taste Mashiach. Why? Because the whole point of Mashiach is Velayla Kayim Yair. The whole point of Mashiach is that the light reaches the darkest possible places. The whole point of being a chassid is that even if you're going through an experience that you're feeling ripped apart in every direction, that you're able to just turn it off and have bitachin and recognize that you are v'havaye yagia choshki, that havaye comes into my darkness, a darkness that I didn't think could exist and a darkness that I certainly don't think ever was existing a Yetzir Hara that's bigger than anything that it's ever could have right? I have the biggest Yetzir <laughs> anyways, yeah, that even over there you have a Giloy of Havaya and a, a, a Giloy of the Abishter himself <sighs> okay Yud Gimel Yud Gimel I thought that we're finishing this in half an hour <laughs> I, I have to. I have to learn how to talk quicker. But the truth is that Aisyad Gimel is something which itself could take an hour. Just the Aisyad Gimel. But we'll try to do it quickly in the next four minutes. So the Rebbe says, according to this, we're able to also understand what we started off with. The connection between the two explanations of Vayivasar Yaakov Levade, that Yaakov remained alone. That the first explanation is Lechadoi, for these insignificant nothingnesses, baby bottles, 20 cent. You know, the, you know the people who go around collecting bottles? So Yaakov Avinu went back to collect a few bottles so that he can get the, what's it called? No, no, when you put it, when you give it back. The what? The deposits, whatever it is. So he can get it. What's wrong? Yaakov Avinu, and Yaakov Avinu wasn't someone who cared too much about money. When it came to purchasing Maris HaMachpele, Yaakov Avinu, said, <laughs> you could have all my money, billions of dollars. Yaakov Avinu was a billionaire. 
You could have all of my money, I don't care, as long as I achieve holiness. He didn't care about money. But he went back for these nothingnesses. And the other explanation is that Yaakov Avinu reached this elevated level, the Vada, where he's a level of Mashiach itself. What's the connection between these two le- these two ideas? So, the Rebbe brings now, in this last paragraph of the Sicha, that specifically, in the refinement of the Pachem Ketanim, what's the refinement of the Pachem Ketanim? So the refinement of the Pachem Ketanim is, first of all, the last little sparks. Yaakov Avinu brought everything over, everything. His family, Kanai Nahara, he had quite a family. Twelve boys, a bunch of girls, can't even count how many girls, <coughs> and wives, <laughs> four wives, and... A, a lot of property. He, he achieved tremendous wealth. They told you he was a billionaire and he was bringing it all with him. He didn't have it in the bank. He didn't have it in cryptocurrency. He had it all with him. In he cash. brought he, he In cash. He crossed it all over. What did he leave behind? Pachim Ketanim. What's Pachim Ketanim? That's the last little bits of beer. The Pachim Ketanim are those little things that after you, you, you know, after you went through a whole Elul and a Rosh Hashanah and an Aserasi Mechuvah and most of Yom Kippur and you're holding by Ne'ilah, you like, you went through everything. There's this last little vestige of uh, uh, grease that you still didn't clean off. That's the Pachim Ketanim and that Yaakov Avinu went back for. And he was Moser Nefesh to go back for that. Why? Why? Because... There is no such concept as anything that exists that's unimportant. Because when you look at life through etsem glasses, when you look at life through mayonnaise glasses, then you realize that there isn't anything in the world that can be overlooked. The etsem of godliness permeates every single thing. There's nothing inside of world that doesn't have etzem in it. Even the pachim ketanim have etzem in it. And even the pachim ketanim have to be uplifted. They have to be transformed. And they can't be overlooked. And where does this come from? It comes from the fact that Yaakov Avinu reached a level of levade, an essential level. That means because Yaakov was on the level of Niskav Hashem levade, the Achdus Hashem Kadosh Baruch Hu, Shahu levade Hu, that's this the Etzem, the Atzmusa Yisbarach, that's higher than everything. Therefore, he realized that he has to go back for the Pachim Ketanim. He has to go back for those little Pachim. And this, the Rebbe also quotes in, first of all, in Ha'ar 63, that it says in the Gemara and Chulun, that Mikan letzadikim shechaviv aleihem Their money is more important to them than their body. Don't misunderstand that. Don't think that tzaddikim are ready to go and give up their health in order to earn an extra few dollars. That's disgusting. That's not something refined. That's not something special. But rather, tzaddikim appreciate that the money of a yid has holy sparks in it that are connected to the source of his neshama. 
And therefore, they're ready to extend, they're ready to expend every single energy in order to be able to reach every single penny because nothing is unimportant, everything is essential. It's such a fantastic idea. And finally, in Hara 65, the Rebbe quotes from the, from the Mittler Rebbe that the Pachem Ktanim are the Kalim, the Toyu, Shanaflu, Lamata, the vessels of Toyu that fell below, and Yaakov, because Shrashay Ba'atzmus Mamish, therefore he was able to transform these Pachem Ktanim and cause that the Yesh Hanivra should not be something which is separate from the Yesh HaMiti. Hey, Mosai, Kawasimai.